I was running, it wouldn't die easy. It's like one of those cowboy movies where a guy is coming at him and then he gets shot once because down. He gets shot again and he gets again and again and he's still walking. Then all of a sudden, big explosion go boom, arm over here, arm over there, leg over there, and they still trying to get together. That's the type of runner I was. Walter Payton was more than just a great runner. He was the most complete football player in the history of the game. Rolling out left, being chased by Browner, stops and heaves the left side of the end zone for Payton over the shoulder. Hayden left his unique mark on all who watched him soar up the all-time rushing list. Perhaps his acrobatic touchdown jumps leaped to mind. To some, it was his feared straight arm that they remember most. For others, it was his 275-yard performance against the Vikings, despite the flu and 102-degree fever. But for the authority on great runners, it was Peyton's sheer will that truly defined him. We were warriors, and he was a great warrior. If a guy runs out of bounds because a cornerback is coming up to hit him, that's not my kind of guy. Walter was definitely one of them, because he was a powerful man. <laughs> Give me the heart of Walter Payton. There's never been a greater heart. What up, fantasy football world? Welcome back to episode 15 of the Air It Out Fantasy Football League podcast, a part of the Air It Out podcast network. I'm your host, Chantel. And I'm Joe. You can find the Air It Out Fantasy Football League podcast on all media platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, YouTube, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. Please like and follow the podcast on any of these platforms. And there should be a little bell you can click on so that you can get a notification whenever we post a new episode. Also, remember... It is important to rate and review the podcast, write a review for us. We look forward to your input. It helps us get a little bit better. And the ratings and reviews, the more that we get, the further up the podcasting charts we go. And we definitely want that. Also, each description has a support this podcast link embedded in it. So if you like what you hear and you feel so inclined, please feel free to make a contribution to the pod. It helps make it a little bit easier for us to bring you a new show every single week. So support this podcast and show the pod some love. Lastly, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Air It Out Network. Now that the housekeeping is done this week. First, can you believe we've done this 15 times, Joe? And how was your week? Where does time go? Right. So fast. It was a really good week. Great week in the NFL. Lots of close games. Some exciting comebacks we'll talk about as we get into the show today. Yep. But to begin the show today, I'd like to give homage as we've done a few times this season to one of the greats in NFL history, Mr. Walter Payton. Walter Sweetness Payton played for 13 seasons in the NFL from 1975 until 1987, spending his entire career with the Chicago Bears. He was the number four overall pick by the Bears and went on to have an almost immediate impact. Payton's career highlights include Super Bowl champion 1975 
NFL MVP 1977, NFL Offensive Player of the Year 1977, NFL Man of the Year 1977. He was a five-time All-Pro, nine-time Pro Bowl selection, NFL Rushing Yards and TD Leader 1977, NFL 1970s and 80s All-Decade Teams, NFL 75th and 100th Anniversary All-Time Team. His number 34 was retired by the Chicago Bears. He held the record for the most consecutive starts by a running back at 170. His career stats are 16,726 rushing yards with a 4.4 yards per carry average. 110 rushing TDs, 492 receptions, 4,538 receiving yards, and 15 receiving TDs. Sweetness was elected into the NFL Hall of Fame in 1993. Unfortunately, after struggling with a rare liver disease for several months, Walter Payton died at the young age of 46. His legacy includes being the namesake of the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award, which is awarded to the NFL player who shows the greatest commitment to philanthropy and community. Previous winners of that award include Drew Brees, Larry Fitzgerald, Eli Manning, Russell Wilson, and Dak Prescott, amongst many others. The Walter Payton Award, which is awarded annually to the most outstanding offensive player in NCAA college football. Thank you for everything for the game, Walter. Sweetness, Peyton. Awesome, awesome. Walter Payton was certainly a force to be reckoned with, I got to say. Standing at only five foot ten, he was larger than life, not just on the field, but in real life, as you mentioned, with uh, the Humanitarian Award for the League now bearing his name. He was a tremendous human being, and all of the nominees and winners that you mentioned of the award should be honored to be mentioned alongside him and have their legacy connected to his in any in any way. So after he passed, the NFL changed the award to his namesake, uh-huh. which is awesome. now handed out. And if you look around, you can see uh, see a lot of the greats who carried as, as yeah. a, a piece of pride. Yeah. And they still have, they have the, the logo, the on, the logo on the jerseys, yep. right? And I think the trophy is handed every, every year. year, right? So right. our current holder is Dak Prescott, and they announced the new winner at the, uh, right before the Super Bowl, I think, so. Yep. But awesome. So, well, week 14 is officially behind us. Week 15 is here, and that means fantasy playoffs are in full swing for our league, at least. So let's take a look at what happened to this thing of ours this past week. Time for the Air It Out Fantasy League recap. So round one of the playoffs. Last week, yours truly, the Battle Beast, faced off against Florida Fade, and the winner is Florida Fade, friend of the pod. Got me up out of there. So he took the home the win and with a blowout victory and will advance to the second round. The star of the show for him was Lamar Jackson, 40 fantasy points, 316 yards, oof, oof, what a game. three TDs, yeah. 70 rushing yards on top of that. So big game for uh, Drake London as well, 31 fantasy points. And that's without even getting into the end zone. He went 10 catches, 172 yards. On the other side of the coin, yours truly, Battle Beast, of course, eliminated. And now I am relegated to the loser's bracket for the rest of the season. So the other matchup this week, the Players Club against the left hand of Thanos. And the Players Club got the win and will continue and advance to the second round. With He did it in a convincing fashion as well. And the center stage for him was uh, none other than Matthew Stafford. 32 fantasy points, 292 yards, three TDs, another big game on that team. Desmond Ritter, 347 yards, a passing touchdown and a rushing touchdown. So left-handed Thanos is officially eliminated and joins me, his wife, in the loser's bracket for the rest of the season. What a sad day in the Brown household, right? So, yeah, congrats to uh, Florida Fade and the Players Club. They will be moving on the next round. The championship semifinals, Zulu Nation takes on Florida Fade and... LC's classic 73 team takes on the Players Club. Good luck, guys. So 
Last week, we told you all about our plans for the podcast going forward and our plans for uh, going through the end of the NFL season, including the postseason. So Joe and a special guest will bring you guys March Madness coverage and updates. And the uh, NBA season updates with Florida Fade will also be uh, a part of that. Let's get into that segment now. Here is Beyond the Arc with Florida Fade. Hello, I'm Eric, a.k.a. Florida Fade, and welcome to Beyond the Arc, where I break down all the latest basketball news and keep you up to date with the current NBA season as part of the Air It Outs Network. I want to start off this first episode with a recap of something completely new to the NBA this year. It's called the in-season tournament. Commissioner Adam Silver hyped up this new format as a way to make the first quarter of the season more interesting and keep the fans more engaged. And let's be honest, a lot of us are still watching football a lot of other fans don't even turn into the All-Star game in February, right before the playoffs start. It's hard to blame. 82-game season where games don't really seem to matter in November, and uh, coaches are still making adjustments to the rotations. Only on the league that I think does this worse is the MLB with the 162-game season, where basically all the games seem meaningless until, uh, until the summer. So how does the end-season tournament work? The East and West conferences are split into three groups of five teams, a, B, and C, and four regular season games are chosen to double as tournament playing games, counting towards qualifying for the in-season playoffs. Eight teams then qualify for the playoffs where each play a win or go home game, which also counts towards the regular season record. The last three games are played at T-Mobile Stadium on neutral ground in Las Vegas. The championship game is the only game that does not count as a regular season game. Also, all stats from the championship game do not count towards uh, players' career counts. Each player on the winning team gets $500,000 and $200,000 for each player on the runner-up, which is a pretty good award. All right, so now that you understand how everything works, let's recap how it went down. Four teams that qualify in the West this year were the Lakers, Suns, Kings, and Pelicans, and the four in the East were the Pacers, Celtics, Bucks, and Knicks. The big surprise was uh, in the East, where the Indiana Pacers, led by rising third-year star Tyrese Halliburton, who led his young team past the Boston Celtics, 122 to 112, and the uh, New Look Bucks with Damian Litter and Giannis, and uh, 128 to 119, which was a lot closer than the score would say. True to commission's word, the atmosphere at these games was hype. The crowd was standing up and leaning into it like they were game seven in the playoffs with everything on the line. I like that a young team in a small market city had the chance to be a part of meaningful games in December, and it's just not something you usually see this part of the year. Of course, if you're watching, it all came to an end when the LeBron James-led Los Angeles Lakers eventually took the title in Las Vegas, 123-109, to and a convincing win last Saturday. Anthony Davis had 41 points, 20 rebounds, and a dominant performance over the Pacers center Miles Turner. But James eventually took home the in-season tournament MVP award for overall best performance throughout the tournament. LeBron-led Lakers made it all the way to the Western Conference Finals last year where they lost the eventual championship-winning Denver Nuggets led by big man Nikola Jokic. Both teams look locked in again this year, and it's going to be fun to see who will make it out of the Western Conference, which is stacked again as it has been for the last 15 years in playing the finals. All right. So next episode, we'll get a little deeper into the race for Rookie of the Year between Frenchman Victor Wembenyama of the San Antonio Spurs and Chet Holmgren 
of the Oklahoma City Thunder, who missed all last season after injuring himself in a meaningless pro-am game. That's it for Beyond the Arc this week, and back to the football with Chantel and Joe. Great job, Florida Faye. The NBA is throwing some real effort and a few dollars at making things more interesting this season. They might finally make me more than just a fair-weather playoff fan. Me too. It's been one of my lowest-watched sports in my life. I'm a fanatic. That baseball, hockey, I just don't watch them. But you never know. I might turn around and come over to the old NBA. <laughs> the NBA, it does get fun, though, when the playoffs, and that's when I tune in, when it starts getting real close to who's going to take the championship for the years when I start paying attention. But other than that, I'm definitely a non-committed fair-weather Shame. fan. So, but it looks like they're making an effort at changing that for probably me and a whole lot of other people. So we'll see. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, that's what's up in the Air and Out Fantasy Football League and Beyond the Arc. But let's get back to football and see what's up in the big leagues. Joe, what happened in the NFL this week? All right, here we go. As always, we start with trades and movement. The trade deadline has come and gone in both the NFL and fantasy world. So no more of that. No major name signed or anything like that off of any uh, off the street or anything like that. So we'll go right to the news and headlines. Hot on the heels of that 3 nothing shootout in the Vikings-Raiders game, <laughs> the Vikings have announced that Nick Mullins is going to reappear, and they'll start this week against mm. the Cincinnati Bengals. So now that will become the battle of backups. What do you think this week as Minnesota takes on Cincinnati, and we have Mr. Browning and Mr. Mullins? Maybe a little more offense this time? Mm. Maybe a little more. Well, in Cincinnati, it wasn't. Well, for the Vikings, they I truly hope so. But uh, that game was god awful. But with Jake Brown, he's been doing pretty well. Very well. He's I mean, been so far. He, I got to give the credit to the front runner at this point. He came in and did more than I think anybody expected him to do with that offense and, and the Bengals. So I'm gonna go with the Bengals this week. And I think even though we're calling it the battle of the the backups, I think he continues to kind of kind of roll on, you know? Do you see an NFL future for Josh Dobbs, who kind of came like a shooting star, had some really good games for Arizona, gets traded, goes in, wins a nice comeback game against that Atlanta with Minnesota. Right. That was fun to watch. And then he had a terrible game against a very good Bears defense. Mm-hmm. So I'll totally put that on him. And then, of course, last week against the Raiders. Right. <laughs> so. uh, that was that was tough to watch. Well, I think there definitely is still a future. I don't like to just write people off after. You're right. His star rose very quickly and then fell just as quickly, you know. And I think um, being with the time of year that it is and people making definitely a push towards the playoffs and getting as much done as they can with this little window that's left, you kind of can't blame them for trying to move on as quickly as possible if things aren't necessarily working out. But I don't think that's an indicator of him not having a career moving forward, though. He's moved around the league quite a bit. I could see him staying yeah. in there, you know, even after this season, even with lackluster games. All right, so Dick yeah. Collins was 9 for 13 for 83 yards on Sunday in that uh, offensive shootout, like I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Hopefully better things. The Vikings are 7-6, and six, two games now behind the Lions who sputtered last week against the Bears. Right. Is Mullins the answer? Can they win this game against Cincinnati with him? There's a possibility that Justin Jefferson plays after his scary getting carted mm-hmm. off the ambulance with a bruised rib is what they're saying. Now. Right. So, okay. Yeah. So I'm still going to go with, the, with, with Cincinnati mm-hmm. on this one. So I think they'll take another loss for sure. Okay. I think they just had kind of a string of bad luck. You know what I mean? Along the same lines of the Jets, you, get, you can't avoid the injuries. You got to just kind of... Roll with the punches, you yep. know, and that's what they're doing. And unfortunately, I do think it's going to put them kind of behind the eight ball for the rest of the season, though. Yeah, I don't think they win their division. Yeah. Uh, they're a maybe playoff team with some luck, but I don't you know. Okay, so next one. Are the Dolphins pretenders? 
So here's the you were going to ask me that. Give a stat real quick. They became okay. the, and I'm sure everybody's talking about this. They became the first NFL team ever on Monday night to blow a 14-point lead <laughs> with less than three minutes remaining and a non-overtime <laughs> loss. The last 767 times an NFL team held a 14-point lead with less than three minutes, they won. Okay. I knew that you were going to ask that. And so I put Dolphins exposed, question mark. Okay. And I said, I do... I don't know about exposed, and I don't like the term actually of exposed or are they pretenders when kind of a, when a bad game, so to speak, happens, especially to a team like the Dolphins that's done relatively well all season, right? Nine and four. Nine and four. So mm-hmm. now I do think they end the season. I'm gonna see, they still have left quite a few it gets very hard for them house very teams. quickly. So I'm thinking they're going to finish 10 and seven. Dallas, Baltimore, Buffalo. Yes. Yeah. Still atop. The AFC East and tied with the Bills, I think, uh, right? Mm-hmm. So, but this loss, I think, for sure eliminates Tua from the MVP discussion, yeah. if nothing else. So you have to, I think, be able to at least get your team in field goal position, and the opportunities were there. They were. So it was the defense that gave up the game in this last three or four minutes. That is true. But when it falls on Tua, he, you have to be able to make it happen on the offensive side of the ball, especially when we talk about quarterbacks that are among the best to ever do it in situations like this. Yeah. When they get the ball back in their hands with one minute, 30 seconds on the clock, with one minute, 15, sometimes with 45 seconds on the clock, what are we saying? That's too much time. Yeah. When you when Tom Brady got the ball with 45 seconds on the clock, we were like, oh, no. Josh Allen. Any of those guys that we talk about in elite category, we're mm-hmm. all saying that is too much time. And you know why we're saying it? Because we know they're going to march that team down the field, do what's necessary to get the win. And yep. he dropped the ball in a big way on that in this particular game. So I think this will definitely put him out of that uh, MVP Category, I don't know. So, we should have seen that out of him in order to keep him relevant in that discussion. So Watching the game, I think a good candidate for MVP was off of the field of this ankle. Absolutely. Without, what a difference. You know, without what a him, difference. They can't stretch. Uh, Jalen Waddle's great. I'm not going to say yeah. he's not, but he's not Tyreek Hill. Right. He can't stretch the field like that. And he came back and he tried. Mm-hmm. You know, makes one big play and then exits again. Right. If he's on the field, maybe a different, different outcome. Who knows? It may be a different outcome, but... Yeah, I don't know. That's that is still, I think, relying an awful lot mm-hmm. on a player that I mean, you really just needed to get in field goal range. Yeah. Really, just, I mean, and they were they were I feel like very close. Big game for them against the Jets this week. Yes, um, they go ten and four. They're definitely a playoff team. I don't know, but the Bills will surely be chasing them, and they finish, like you said, against each other. Yeah, the, I think that I think they're going to both end up at ten and seven, tied at first. I can see that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All they right. Will. So, yeah. Next one. All right. Patrick Mahomes uh-huh. had a complete meltdown after the offsides penalty on Kadarius Tony. Brought back, which brought back a game winning touchdown against the Bills on Sunday. He went on to tell Josh Allen during the post game handshake, wildest effing call I've ever seen. Offensive offsides in that moment, man, effing terrible. <laughs> the Chiefs have now lost back to back games, only one game up on the resurgent Broncos. Right. Can the Chiefs regain their Super Bowl form? Their offense hasn't been as potent with no downfield passing threat this year. Yep. Truff, Mahomes, and Kelsey in the fantasy playoffs with a game against the Patriots this week. So they lost, what, three of their last four? Three of their last like four that? and okay. two, on, two on the run, yeah. Mm-hmm. Completely inappropriate from Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> by the way, Yeah. to have the meltdown that he had and to even mention it to 
Josh Allen. I was thinking tantrum. I was like, he's throwing a tantrum on the side of the field. He was definitely throwing a tantrum. But Mm -hmm. the thing about that is at this point, when you're shaking hands, say good game and keep it moving. Come on. Josh Allen had nothing to do with any of that. He was on the sideline watching. Right. And just good game. Keep it moving. Do all your venting. Do all of your whatever you're going to do in the locker room. Because you're justifiably upset. It's understandable. Whether Even whether or not it's the right call, you you were in a position to win the game. Whatever went wrong, you didn't, and you're upset. And that's so it's okay to be upset under those circumstances. Calls go against you. Ask the New Orleans Saints. Ask anybody. Right. You know, Ask calls, anybody. Calls go against you. It happens. So, no. go ahead. No, I was going to say Andy Reid had his back, of course. Of course. Mr. Swift didn't say anything. He just kind of walked off quietly. <laughs> right. So back to the thing, are they fantasy? And I, I talked about it in the last podcast. Mm-hmm. I think Mahomes is a little down this year. Not having that deep threat is really causing them problems, especially with Kelsey being the slowing down. You know, he's 34. But so. what's their record right they're, now? They're eight and five. They're eight and five. Eight and, and, five. The, and so. But they're only leading the division by one now. I know. And they split I saw center, that. So, right. Yeah. Which, who saw that? <laughs> but yeah. again, I mean, it, it happens to the best of us. They're, they've still had a great season, even though it didn't look like the way that we would want it to look in fantasy, of course. So, no, he wasn't putting up the 50 burgers and the 40 burgers that we want to see in fantasy, but he is still largely that defense, of course, has kept them very, very relevant in their division and still contenders for the most part. So I don't think that even this, I don't know, who do they still have left? After, hmm? No, I'm not sure after New England. Okay. So... I should have I should have looked into that, but so I you're not, still, you're not yeah. sitting home. You're just not. You're going to play him if you own him. You're going to play. Yeah, him. of course. And this is the playoffs for pretty much everybody. Now we of started course. a little bit early, but and you know what? Now. I actually I know that we're going to get to the show up, show out, shit show, but I have him to show out because I don't think we've ever seen him this pissed. He's going to go into a game in the that he's got coming up. He's got the Patriots coming up, and he's going to remind us of he's going to use this this down team, this team that's down bad. And show it and remind us of who he is. Beat that great Steeler team. Yeah, they're, that's they're and, and the Patriots going to still yeah. right remind us of why they are eliminated. So yeah, yeah. Why and he's going to go. Yeah, he's going to go in there and have a huge so you're, game. You're starting those guys, no question. No question. Okay. Very good. All right, next one. The Dallas Cowboys obliterated the Eagles this week, thirty-three yes. thirteen, and it was even more than that. Now they're tied atop the NFC East. Mm-hmm. A three-way tie. This is always for now. anybody who follows the NFL or is around football every year is a Dallas year. Is this their year? Oh my God! What I I you know what Dallas looks good, but if I had to pick right now, I'm going with the 49ers. So those two teams played in Week Five and made a note here. They were embarrassed, 42 to 10 mm-hmm. in Santa Clara. They could likely mm-hmm. see each other in the playoffs again. Yeah. All right, so let's bring it back to the fantasy world. Are they playoff gold this week, the Dallas Cowboys? They're at Buffalo. Buffalo. Huge game. There could be weather. There could be snow. Watch your weather report for all that stuff. So you're starting CD. With all of that, you're starting CD for sure. You're starting Dak. Tony Pollard? If the weather permitting, (laughs) starting. But so, you know, this game could gear up to very well be a shootout with Josh Allen still mm-hmm. very connected to his they need to receiving court. Yeah. They need, and that's another thing they need to win. Yeah. So, and I also think there's a chance that, and I mentioned this later on, that the Cowboys get a little bit complacent. Like they're sitting pretty right now. Yep. Three-way tie at number one. They're comfortable in their, you know, and so they get, I think that, complacency may get the better of them in this game and they not take it as seriously as they should while the Bills are like, we got to win this game. So before we take off from this one, are the Eagles okay? 
I think the Eagles win out. I think they're okay. They win their, so they, their Monday night game against Seattle. They have, that's the toughest game they got left. Okay. And I think they will get that one. Because it's very, it, it very easy right after that. Yeah. And I think that Gino is a little bit banged up already. Might be Drew Locke. So it might true. be Drew Locke yeah. again, right? Because yeah. Gino's injury was a practice one. So, But it was yeah. a growing thing. Growing. So he might be right. ready to go. Might not. We'll see. Yeah. So... Yeah, I think I honestly think the Eagles will be okay. So even though I think they didn't look great, Jalen Hurts didn't have a good game at all, didn't look great, I still think they are on the dangerous side of find a way to get it done. So now what they just come up against so is the two best teams that are sitting atop the entire back, league yeah, right yeah, now yeah. and back-to-back. So I did hear one commentator mention that I completely agreed with. When you play the 49ers, they're so physical, they're so rough, it's almost like you need an extra week or two to recover from that. Yep. So that's how much you get beat up playing the team, whether you win or not. Yeah. So having those, having to contend with those two teams, and then now I think you get a slightly easier Seattle. They should win that After Seattle. that, they'll win. Yeah. yeah. All right, cool. So that's it for those ones. Um, on to the injury report. We'll start with the big one. Justin Herbert, finger fracture, likely Gone. season yeah. ending. Here comes Eason Stick. He went 13 for 24, 170 yards, no <laughs> touchdowns, <know>. <laughs> no INTs, short week at Las Vegas. Sticking with that game, Josh Jacobs has a knee, no timetable, but unlikely to be available this oh, week. Okay, see, I had not heard that, but Chargers are done. The Both those teams are done. Yeah. So watch out for that. I talked briefly about Justin Jefferson already, a ribs chest injury projected to miss one week, listed currently as day-to-day, but they're saying he'll probably miss this week. Sometime, yeah. Yeah, I'll be back the following one week. And we go on to Allen, let's stick with the Vikings. Alexander Madison, mid-ankle sprain, so not a high, not a low, but a mid, projected to miss at least two weeks. We'll talk about what that means on the waiver wire a little down the road. So some knocks on the old Vikings when they have to go into Cincinnati. We'll talk a little bit. That's one of our games we preview a little later on. Right. But uh, they're certainly missing some pieces on the offensive side of the ball. C.J. Stroud, talk about defenses that hit you in the face. I had a very difficult time he did. against the New York Jets. Missing a Tank Dell. I think that really slowed down their their vertical passing mm-hmm. game in a game that was windy anyway, and there was some bad weather. He's projected to miss the week with a okay. concussion, concussion protocol, protocol right? Yeah. So watch that. Nico Collins, so his number one target these days as a calf, is projected to miss a week. We talked a tiny bit Ooh. about the cheetah, a suspected high ankle, but we're not sure. So he certainly looks trending towards he's going to miss this week, but he's questionable now. Okay. So watch out for that. Yep. And that's what I got in my injury report. So the NFL season marches on. Time to take a look at what navigating these injuries, changes, and setbacks will look like on the fantasy landscape as we head into week 15 with the fantasy movers and shakers. Start with the stars of the week. All right. So stars this week. Okay. Three surprises this week and all of them in the quarterback arena. How about Will Levis? Leading the now five and eight Titans, right? To an upsetting win against Miami, which we talked about a little bit. 327 yards and a TD for him. And... Tommy DeVito. I had that. How about that guy, right? (laughs) Yes. Third win in a row now for this young man. The Giants upsetting kind of, I guess, the Green Bay Packers. 158 passing, another 70 rushing in a TD. And lastly, one Zach Wilson. Oh, so I like that. Season season best, 301 yards, two TDs. How long before midnight and he turns back to a pumpkin? I think he has a good game again this week. Do you think so? Yeah, Miami's defense is kind of beat up. I mean, there's Jalen Ramsey, so he'll shadow Garrett Wilson, I imagine. But uh, I, I don't know, Joe. We differ on this, and I think it's 12 o'clock already. So we'll <laughs> so, we talked about this last week. We said, does he have a future in the NFL? He, he, I, what I he, did he last What he did last week was 
showing the rest of the NFL, I'm here and I can do this. Okay. I don't think they put a lot of pressure on him. There'll be a lot of running in that game, especially if it's competitive. Uh, no Tyreek Hill will change that game's dynamic quite a bit. Um, I think it's an okay game. If I needed a streamer and I was going to the playoffs, I wouldn't you be would pick it. Wouldn't oh, be you would not? Okay. It wouldn't be him. So I, <laughs> okay. I'm a gambler, but not that much. <laughs> All right. Well, we mentioned, I think, Lamar Jackson, too, earlier in yep. the uh, coming off his bye week, making a statement in that game. And how about James Cook? Yep. 25 fantasy points, nice. most of which coming from the air, 83 receiving yards, five catches, plus 58. I got a pair of blasts from the past for you. Ready? I got Ready. two of them. Joe Flacco, 20, 26 <laughs> points, 11 okay. yards, three TDs. All right. And Ezekiel Zeke Elliott, 26 points, 68 yards rushing, 72 yards receiving, and one touchdown. So, Joe Flacco, <laughs> listen— I say over and over again, I know whether or not it was on the back of a very good defense, he is a Super Bowl winning quarterback. (laughs) Yeah. I will take experience every time, that kind of experience every time. And he was a big part why they won that game. I mean, yeah, Ford had a decent game. He came and won. He's got a wrist thing. But yeah, he was a big part of winning that game. So I I get another one coming from your your guys, though, Debo Samuel. How about that game? Ooh, 140 yards receiving. 140. One TD rushing. One TD receiving. 37 fantasy points for Debo Sam. Talk about so. playing physical. He looks for people to hit. And then I'm DeAndre Hopkins also. Oh, fun. He was my last guy. He had a yeah. good one. Yeah, 124 and a TD. Yeah. I threw in a, one tight end. I threw in Evan Ingram, 32 points, 95 mm. two touchdowns. He had a great so season. He had a great season. Yeah. Okay. Nice. All right. Off to the cool start. Yep. Off to the cool start. All right. After such a big game last week, Jamar Chase all but disappeared this week. A lowly three catches on four targets, 29 yards. And a high-scoring affair, too. Don't know. And a vi- yeah. completely surprised me. Don't know what happened there. DeAndre Swift, another one. The Eagles. So, you know what? When you asked about the Eagles being okay, I should have mentioned this. They got to run the ball more than they actually do. They have to run. There was only 11 attempts, 39 yards. It's like they try it once or twice. It doesn't work. They move on so quickly. Yeah. So, I think they they gave up on the, the run way, way too quick. Game strip there, too. They were kind of always behind. So, yeah. they started off okay, though. Yeah. But anyway. Okay. Josh Jacobs. So, <laughs> no, I'm just... Anybody in a Raiders uniform at all this week was definitely in a cool card. So they were trapped in a scoreless purgatory for the vast majority of this game. He finished 34 rushing yards, couple of catches. Same for the Vikings players on this. In this case, that was just a really bad game on both sides. Aiden O'Connell, Raiders quarterback, four points, 171 yards passing with an interception. That's insane. So I got some names here we'll never mention. Jalen Hurts, 88 points, 179 yards passing. I know. No interceptions. Jared Goff, mm-hmm. eight points. That Bears defense is good, and they played it. They certainly showed their home crowd. Uh, 103 yards passing, one TD, two interceptions. Jalen Warren, who'd been resurgent, seven points, 11 yards, 29 yards receiving. Not Amon Ross St. Brown. How fun did we say I that? I know, right? That was crazy, points, right? 21 yards. Stephon yeah. Diggs, six points on 24 yards. Calvin Ridley, nine points on 50 yards receiving. Sam yeah. Porta, four points, 23. So, oof. Yes. Some rough weeks. I like and some of these guys the, back, though. Oh, all of the majority of those guys that you mentioned. And Josh Dobbs, 63 yards, who got benched for, like we said, Nick Mullen. So Oof. he gets to start in Minnesota. Uh-huh. Yeah. So no buys this week. We're no done with that for this year. Yep. So we're going to move on to the waiver wire. Who's long gone mm-hmm. and sleepers to grab? You can go first. What do you got? Okay. So Zeke Elliott is still 68% rostered only. That's so still some very valid availability. I think we mentioned him last week, too, as a very viable running back option. Do you like him at home against Kansas City this week? I do. Okay. I do. 
So, and I think he's going to, that workload is going to, the volume alone is going to make him a fantasy viable option. 100%. Yep. And he's been trending upward steadily too. So, yeah. Yep. I also, I want to say, speaking of the Patriots, you know what? Never mind. So I'm going to skip that one. I'll come, maybe I'll come, back, come back to it. So I like Christian Watson. Okay. I like him as well. So he's a little less available, 74% roster, but still trending very, very like solidly up since like week 10. And Green Bay has a much softer schedule for the remainder of the season. They get the Bucks, the Panthers, the Vikings, the Bears. Well, the Bears kind of, that one will be tough. But this Bucks coming up is a good matchup for him. Their defense is Swiss cheese. They're missing exactly. Bay in the middle. Exactly. Their secondary is all beat up. Yeah, that's... Like, Drake London just hit him for 174. Yeah, so they're, they're not the Bucks if of you, old. If you can do that this week, I think that's a really good chance there. And I also like... Let's see, Chiggy Okonkwo this week, right? Yeah. So he's been trended up for his last three games and exceeded projections on each of those games as well. He made a couple good plays against uh, the in the Miami game Monday night. I think he's also one to keep an eye on for next season as well. Only 34% rostered. If you were in need at that tight end, I like it. Playable in the losing effort last night. Mm-hmm. All right, so I have Ty Chandler. We talked about Minnesota and Madison. Probably being out this week, he's only 23% rostered. He's averaging four yards a carry. It's not so good. Joe Flacco, still only 8% <laughs> rostered in Yahoo Leagues. Okay, so yeah. He's out and about. Tommy DeVito, Mr. New York Giant, 5% rostered. Odell Beckham, 43% rostered. Yeah, 10 targets last week. Tied to the late mm-hmm. team with Zay. And then your former guy, Darren Waller, expected to play this week at New Orleans, which they are no cream puff defensively. But right. it's a... Who knows? You never know. So, all right. That's, <laughs> what, I, that's, that's what I have. We okay. Were. All right. Well, let's see. I'm debating if I, you know what? I'm not going to go back to it. I'm just going to skip it. So the fantasy playoffs are here. Round one is officially done, at least in our league and likely some other. So if you're in it, you want to stay in it. You got to be perfect. So keep tightening up those rosters, guys. It's that time. So that said, let's see how we did with last week's eight to keep an eye on. In this segment, we take a look at the eight upcoming games being played in week 15. They're, they're the games that we think will be the most exciting, the most impactful. And I'll give you our picks for those games. But first, let's see how we did last week. Last week. So we both took the Texans at the Jets. The Texans got rolled over. Yeah. Poor Stroud ended up in the concussion protocol. We both took the Chargers. Uh, Same situation. You lose your quarterback. and Down you go. Took the loss there, both of us. We both had Buffalo. Got that controversial-ish win, according to the Chiefs. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Took the win there. We both had Detroit. Took the loss. Their defense is looking a little sus all of a sudden. We both had the 49ers who won in a blowout fashion. We both had Atlanta who took a tough loss. It was a close game. You took the Eagles. I had Dallas, so I took that one. We both had Cleveland. Not the best week for us. So oh, we're three and five. This time of year. I was four and four. You are now sitting at 63 and 49, and I am 70 and 42. So still pretty close. Okay. All right. Now we're on to this week with the eight to keep an eye on. We'll start with the first one, the Cleveland Browns and the Chicago Bears. Oh, I like this game. So I took, I'm taking the Browns here. So the Browns defense has been in the top five for overall for much of the season. Yep. So I am going with them. I think they're very good against the run, much to, I think, what will be the chagrin of that Bears running quarterback. And uh, Justin Fields, I think just to get even more specific, the Browns are number one against the pass, right? Yeah. And number one on third down 
defense, actually. They only allow 27% conversions on third down. So I think it'll be a tough one for them. It may not be so high scoring because, as you mentioned, the Browns defense is playing really well. But just imagine, I think since they've suffered some of the biggest losses this year, right away with Nick Chubb and then Deshaun Watson, they still remain contenders, still winning with so many different uh, quarterbacks shuffling in and out. Eight and five, they are, let's see, yeah, over a 500 team, no problem. I think with the Bears, who are still actually, even though that defense is playing well, they're only winning like 30% of their games. Right. So, Bears yeah. are still, they're 5-8. and eight. They're holding on by a thread. Yeah. I also like Cleveland um, at home for the reasons you mentioned. That defense is very good. That secondary is very good. It's going to be very difficult for Fields to find DJ Moore and Cole Komet and the other guys yeah. open and about. So it turns into more of a running game. If it's going to be a running and defensive game, give me Cleveland. All right, on to the yep. next one. Texans and the Titans in the bad, another battle of backups. I know. Yeah. I'm going to, I took the Titans here. So we saw the, the Texans kind of get rocked last week, right? Yeah. And that, uh, unfortunately, we also saw Stroud leave and go into the concussion protocol, which it looks like he's going to stay in for the upcoming week. Right. And then we saw the Titans upset the Dolphins in great fashion uh, Monday night. So I think the Titans will take this game. Will Levis may be coming into his own. Who knows? He's looking pretty good. So, if, but if there were some, honestly, if there was some indication that Stroud might be ready and might clear, I would change good. that. But yeah. it doesn't look good. So I'm going to go with the Titans. Yeah. I am also going to take the Tennessee Titans yeah. because the Texans are decimated now on yeah. both sides of the ball. There's injuries all over the place. The Titans are getting a little better. You go into Tennessee, you're going to get a lot of defense. That defense is kind of underrated. I know their record doesn't show it at 5-8, but you're going to get Derrick Henry running at you. You're going to get Tajay Spears coming at you. Right. Uh, Will Levis, he's a competitive, fiery guy. I like watching him play. I enjoyed watching the game last night. Tennessee mm-hmm. it is. All right, yep. on to the next one. Divisional game. The uh, 49ers travel to Arizona to play Calamari and the Cardinals. Yeah, I think this one's almost, you know, the Niners is a relative no-brainer here. So it is a division game, but the Cardinals, no position to contend with any part of the uh, Niners team. So, yeah, I think it'll just be another game that they add to the coffers that'll, you know, fatten up that uh, record of their securing that first place spot in the division and keep working towards, the, you know, winning the conference. So a couple points here for me. The Cardinals they usually play the Niners tough. They were playing them tough mm-hmm. earlier this year with Josh Dobbs and the Niners didn't pull away till the second half. I just don't think the Cardinals have enough defensively to keep up with all the tools that the Niners have offensively. No. Brock Purdy's playing lights out. Kittle's playing really well. Debo's playing really well. There are some defensive linemen out this week. Armstead, Hargrave, a couple others, which might make a difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, Post mm-hmm. will still be there. Chase Young will still be there. Traverius Ward, their outstanding cornerback, left the game in the first quarter last week. Um, he's their shutdown guy. Hmm. He's day-to-day. We'll see what happens there. But still, I agree with you. Too much 49ers. I'm going to chance to pretty much put the exclamation park on that division. So I'll go 49ers as well. All right. The next one we talked about is a tiny bit. The Philadelphia Eagles yep. travel. It's another bird game. The Eagles <laughs> travel to play the Seahawks in Seattle on Monday night. What do you like? So I'm taking the Eagles here. I realize this is almost like a must win for Seattle, though, right? So they're they're six and six seven. And seven. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not um, get the division, but they're right. chasing the wild card. Right. They're third right now in their yeah. division. So I do think it will kind of be a little bit of a bounce back game, maybe for the Niners, as we know that they're the all pro linebacker they just got in check. Leonard, yeah. Yes, Jack Leonard. Well, I think as he kind of continues to settle in, the Seahawks may still, like we said, be without Geno Smith. And um, I think making this week that much more challenging for them, meaning, you know, the Seahawks. So I actually think they will get the win and they'll win out the Eagles for 
the rest of, like I mentioned earlier on the schedule, there's, it's getting pretty soft for them. I'm taking the Eagles on this one. So you mentioned must win for Seattle. It's becoming a must win for Philly too. If they're That's true. A chance of this keeping, is true. Keeping that home field advantage, which is so big. You right. do not want to have to go to Dallas. You do not right. have to go to Santa Clara to play the Niners. So you want to have it come to you. So a big game for them. I will take the Eagles. They have, they're the better team overall. Especially if Drew Locke plays. I mean, with Gino, right. even with Gino, he's not having the greatest here either. But I think this is going to be a competitive game. I would do not see a blowout. So no, but I will. I will also I agree. Take the Eagles. All right, on to another fun one. This would have been a, a great game five years ago. <laughs> Chiefs and the Patriots right. from Gillette in Boston. So I'm taking the Chiefs, who just can't seem to catch a break lately. But they are coming off of back-to-back losses in that upset in Green Bay, and then the controversial ending that you just mentioned in uh, mm-hmm. with the Bills. So I think. They are actually still seeing red at this point. The Chiefs are now. (laughs) No, seriously. And I think that the Patriots are about to get a very angry, very fired up version of the Chiefs. And so, unfortunately, but there is uh, just no way that I see a repeat performance from Zappi against the Chiefs defense for one. And we forget they're still ranked number six overall, even though they've been having kind of that, which is crazy. Going into week 15, I think they're still at, their de- the Chiefs' defense. The Patriots are not Green Bay. There are weapons on that offense. They are definitely not the Buffalo. Right. They're not going to be able to keep pace. If the Chiefs score 14 points, that will be enough to win that game. I will also take the Chiefs yeah. to get the win here. I think it's going to be closer than yeah. people think. And if I was had options, I might steer away from some of their starters fantasy-wise. I mean, like I said, we're starting Mahomes, starting Kelsey. Right. But the questions are running, Mark. Pacheco might not play. So if it's Clyde's Edwards, Lair, watch out for that. I would not, yeah. I don't, I'd avoid that. That makes sense. And then on the Patriots side, I would not start Zappy or anything like that. No. Zeke is available. And, right. uh, and that's really it. I just, I feel like what the Chiefs may have is just like a small case of the yips right now. And I wouldn't, yeah. I don't want that to let make me forget like who they are. Yeah. So yeah, I'm they are the defending Super Bowl champions. They are right. Yeah. So right. I mean, until somebody else wins, it's theirs. Yeah. Is Belichick a Patriot next year? Before I move on to the next one. Yes. Yes. Yep. Is Kadarius Tony a Chief next year? No. <laughs> Surprised. No. Nope. Surprised the Chief today. Okay. <laughs> next one. Big game. Should be lots of fun. We're both excited yeah. for it. Yep. Dallas Cowboys travel to Orchard Park, Northern New York, in the fun, cold time of the year to play the Buffalo Bills. I'm taking the Bills, and I'm not sure if it's because <laughs> I actually think the Bills will win or the Dallas Cowboys are just so unlikable. But yeah. at any rate, I think it, it it was really hard for me, to, this pick. But the Bills are a good team. I think they're in desperation mode at this point. So I think they will have to get the win. Uh, the Cowboys are a team that tends to believe their own hype, I think. And I think something tells me, just like I said before, they're going to underestimate this Bills team and complacency will get the better of them. Josh Allen is still a factor and, and a major factor as a quarterback in this league. And he leads the league in touchdowns also. And I like Josh Bills, Josh and the Bills this week. And he had his 10th rushing touchdown so. this year. This is pretty amazing. I also am going to take the Bills. Because of the cold weather, the travel, the outside stuff, and the Bills are very hungry. They, they are better than their record shows. And this is an opportunity to keep pace, maybe catch up with Miami if the Jets do them a miracle favor. But either way, with Miami going forward in a tough record, this this is a good game for the Bills to catch up. I also like the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen, Diggs, uh, pretty, pretty much start everybody. Dalton Kincaid. Um, well, I don't think you should start Kincaid, though. I wouldn't start Kincaid this way. No? <laughs> no. Hurt? No, well, no, I, I thought think he, he was playing. Got, he got dinged up. I thought he was playing. He got hurt. It's a shoulder injury, but not just that. I think he got significantly, I think, less 
work with Dawson Knox back. Yeah. So I think they might go that way, especially with him being a little bit banged up. So he might not be the check the play for the running week. game, which was very good last week for yeah. Buffalo. Um, I, this is a game we might want to pretty much start everybody, just about. All right. So on to the next one: the AFC leading Baltimore Ravens. Yep. And the Jacksonville Jaguars in sunny Florida. A little going home for Mr. Lamar Jackson. What do you like? I like the Ravens. The Ravens are the best team in the AFC. That's it. This defense has been in the top three overall for most of the season. Very good defense. They are a very good defense. So the offense may not be perfect. However, this defense is, they're playing a big role in getting the job done. So they defend the pass very well. They're number two in red zone defense. Crazy. So I think the Jags are playing um, with possibly kind of a banged up Trevor Lawrence. I think he had to beg to get back on the field last week. So he definitely has some stuff going there. I mean, he did okay for that, but still, that's something to kind of watch out for, you know, playing beyond your health means, so to speak. Let's see. Lawrence, yeah, he forced his kind of forced his way back onto the field. I think ETN, I like there a lot, the yeah. run game, but I think the rate it's not enough to topple Ingram, the Ravens yeah, overall. Right. So, pieces, yeah, sure. they do. They do. So, and he was held to what, 37 yards on the ground last week and, yeah. oh, 35 and 30. Seven in the air, and that was by the Browns, yeah. which is another, another very, formidable another defense. defense. So, and it may be more of the same for him coming up, I think, against yeah. the Ravens. So, do the I'm, Ravens I'm play the, the 49ers in the Super Bowl? This year? I hope so. Will we change. Is that what it's going to be? The Ravens and the 49ers? <laughs> that looks oh. from Las Vegas. It could be. It, it's, that's, it's looking more and more like it could be heading that way. That'd be a great game, though. So uh, for fantasy here, I'm also going to take the Baltimore Ravens because of their defense. I just think Jacksonville's kind of trending downward. Do you take Isaiah Likely? Do you play him if you need a streaming tight end? He had a good game. He had one good broken play catch against mm-hmm. the Rams last week, which led to— I would. I would, yeah. I would take him. He's been he's been looked at. Yeah. OBJ? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I like Zay Flowers a lot. He's the other guy. He's the, the other guy there. They both— yeah, yeah. So uh, And I think that he did pretty well last week, too, like you mentioned. So— Gus um, No. 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 So not the running game for— Mm-mm. No, I think Lamar poaches much too much from the running game. Is this game a game winner for people who have Lamar? Is it another 30 to 40 point game for him? Is this a... a a, Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 Easy, I think. So, yeah. I think Lamar, he had 70 yards rushing. That's like a standard running back. So, I would not. Is he in discussion for the MVP? You know how I feel. I think it's McCaffrey. I feel like he's been overlooked for... I think that to not even... Be, I haven't seen him on anyone's radar in terms of the MVP no, discussion, and I think that's slightly disrespectful. But I also think that the Ravens are okay with not being discussed as much as some of the other teams are. It's Definitely almost like a sleep, it, yeah. sleeping dragon kind of thing, you know? Like, okay, fine. You know, you can forget about us if you want, but we're coming. You know, that kind of thing. All right, last but definitely least, the L.A. Chargers <laughs> travel to play Las Vegas Raiders on Thursday night. What do you like there? I... I like the Raiders here. (laughs) You have to pick one. (laughs) I know. So I like the Raiders. This is really anyone's game, right? Herbert's out for the season. The Raiders are coming off an embarrassing loss to the Vikings that took nearly the entire game before any points were on them. And when they were points, it was only three. So I think they will (laughs) likely come out fired up, maybe looking for redemption from that embarrassing game. And probably get it against a really poor Chargers defense, now lacking a quarterback as well. So I'm taking it. I'll take the Raiders. I am also going to take the Raiders. Everyone who listens to this show knows what a big fan I am of Devontae Adams. Yeah. Unfortunately, he is pretty much it there these days. He has to be a little unhappy with the way things have gone. Right. But 
That's uh, I can't take Mr. Easton Stick. Mr. Stick, I'm not choosing Mr. Stick. So we're going to go with the Raiders and what is an unfortunate. So you're a fantasy owner and you have Keenan Allen and Devontae Adams. Do you play them both? Keenan Allen, I probably would not Austin play Eckler? Keenan Allen. I would play Devontae Adams. I would not play Keenan Allen. Mm-hmm. Austin Eckler, I would not play. He just hasn't had a good season all around this year. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I wouldn't. All if the- I had other viable options, just say. You can skip that game. Go enjoy some of the Christmas yeah. holiday stuff. All right, here we go. And now for the segment we get the most feedback on. Everyone seems to like it very much. We get a little more player-specific, make some accurate fantasy predictions, and let you know who's going to show up, who's going to show out, and who's going to be a shit show this week. Now, who's showing up? All right. Quarterback. Showing up. Quarterback. Coming off a tough loss to the Titans. I got Tua to show up, I think, against the Jets. I think this will be a bit of um, kind of a bounce back for Tua. Without his number one, or well, with them being day-to-day, at least. We don't know what, what the outcome is yeah. The possibility. So I think he'll make the adjustment. And you have to forget, he still has Waddle. He still has A-Chain, who are very significant there. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, I think he'll do enough to get projections, and I have him showing up. Okay. I like uh, your guy, Russell Wilson, at the Detroit Lions to show up mm-hmm. and continue to be serviceable. He's having a good year, keeping the turnovers away, managing that offense. Uh, and what's a really big game for them, too, if they want to keep pace with Canada. But both those teams, Detroit as well. But, yeah, I like him to show up. All right, on to running back. Okay, running back. So, one with Travis Etienne. While I do think the Ravens dominate the game and get this win, I think that Etienne continues to get a substantial workload. So, they are... Like we mentioned, an excellent defense ranked a little tiny bit lower against the rush, rushing defense for the Ravens, that is. And so I think that'll get him enough to meet whatever his projections are, ETN plus the volume of work that he'll get. Yeah, I have him to show up on this one. They uh, they gave up quite a few points to the Ram receivers last week. So if they can open it up a little bit, then it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. For yeah. me to show up, it's a Brees Hall at Miami. The, if the Jets are going to be any kind of force in this game at all, he's going to have to have a good game. They're going to have to pace the ball through him. So, yeah, pretty solid to have a nice game. Okay. All right, wide receiver. Wide receiver showing up. I said Rashid Rice at the Patriots versus the Patriots. So, we mentioned a few times the Kansas City offense not having that number one uh, receiver and the issues they've dealt with as a result. But as it stands now, I think Rice is their best option. So, and I think he's worked really hard at kind of endearing himself as such to, to Patrick Mahomes. So, he's trended upward since week eight. And did really recent numbers in the uh, decent numbers in the last three games. So the Chiefs are going to come out swinging, and Rice is going to be a get a good piece of that action. So I think for sure he'll get his projections and then some. I like that. Yeah, they, they need someone to stretch the field. So yeah, and yeah. he's definitely their guy. Okay, for me it's Mr. Cooper Cup who finally had a nice game last week, uh, looking healthy and normal against Baltimore. Now he gets a Washington team which is nowhere near as good as Baltimore is with very little pass rush. So I think they'll be able to spread the ball around. The Rams are still very much alive. So okay. at six yeah, and seven, they, they are not yeah. dead yet. So <laughs> they and it's at home. So I, I expect a, a good turnout for Mr. Cup and Naku and that whole Ram offense, basically. Mm-hmm. All right, for tight end, what do you like? Tight end, I went Dawson Knox, as I mentioned before. I think he's he's back from injury, fresh legs, so to speak. Kincaid got a little less work with him. I think that trend will continue in week 15, especially, as I mentioned before, with Kincaid being a little bit banged up, battling that um, shoulder injury. injury. So I think Knox will uh, get... Tons of work against a pretty tough Cowboys uh, D, though, but enough for him to hit projections and show up, I oh, think. Like I like. For me, TJ Hawkinson, Minnesota's going to have to find the ball somewhere and give it to somebody, and he's probably their best option. Cincinnati this week. 
struggling a little bit on that side of the ball, but he's he's their guy. So. Yeah, for sure. Okay, defense. Defense. So I went with the Lions to just show up on this Same. defense on with the Broncos. So what I like about this Lions team, though, is they when they play for for me watching them play, it's like they give everything they got. Like they win or lose it, just uh, I don't know. It just comes through that they are fighting with every single. I don't think I've ever seen what I would call like a lackadaisical game from them. But I think they need to get back on track here. I think the defense will do enough to slow Russell Wilson in that Broncos defense. I have them just to show up. Very nice. My show up, the Atlanta Falcons in that very jumbled up NFC South picture against Carolina. Carolina, New England Patriots, the two teams that are already eliminated from playoff contention for this year. Their defense was not so great last week, but I expect to be more serviceable this week against the offense that's really struggling. Okay, on to show out quarterback. Okay, so... Mark my words, Joe, Pat Mahomes is going to have a huge game. Okay. He's going to have a huge game. So we've seen what's been going on with him, and I think that the aggression is going to be taking out, taken out on the Patriots in a major way, and I'm looking for a huge game. Mark, you can, And if it doesn't happen, you can come back and throw it right in my face, but, yeah, I'm going Pat Mahomes to show off this week. Okay. I am going to take another big name. I'm going to take the guy who just played him, played Josh Allen at home against the Dallas Cowboys mm-hmm. to have a very big game. Good argument for offensive MVP. I expect a better game out of Diggs. Yeah, yeah. overall, he's going to have to to keep pace with the uh, with Dallas. All right, okay. running back. Running back, one Christian McCaffrey at the Cardinals. Ooh, I feel like that was a pretty easy one. So I think they'll have no answer for him. He'll have a huge game this week. I have him to show out. Yep, for me, my show at uh, Kyron Williams versus, versus Washington. Washington really? decided, to, yeah, decided to send their two best uh, defensive Linemen away for some reason are both having good impacts in their new teams. Montez Sweat is playing well for the Bears and Mr. Young for the 49ers. So really no nobody to stop him. So yeah, Kyron hmm. at home against Washington. Interesting. All okay. right. Wide receiver. So with wide receiver, I went with that Washington game as well. I said Cooper Cup. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, we know the commanders have been a little bit bad this season. And the club just uh, did battle with an excellent Ravens defense and put up 115 yards. So, eight catches and a TD. Another big day against the very lackluster commanders for him. Why, uh, for me, C.D. Lamb at Mm. Buffalo. Now, if the weather is really, really bad, I retract this for the way it looks right now. (laughs) Um, We talked a little bit about him making his argument for being the best wide receiver in the NFL. Yeah. Not very good. He's having a very, very, very good year. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't knock the guy. Every seems like every week he goes out as 100, 250 yards and a touchdown. Right. So, okay. Um, in a game which I think will turn into a shootout. All right. Tight end. What do you like? All right. Tight end. I went again back to that Cardinals game, George Kittle. So, this, I think, it, this is, I think, in line with the Niners kind of dominating this game, which I think they'll do against the Cardinals. So, it should be a nice day for Kittle. The rest of that receiving core as well. I have Kittle to show out, though. I also have George Kittle to show out. The Niners are very good at Brock Purdy getting the ball to his playmakers. And when he needs to get something done, try to catch Kittle in stride or Debo in stride. And he should have a good game against the Arizona defense with no answers. Defense to show out. Defense. So here I go again, picking on these uh, three and ten Cardinals. But I don't think we <laughs> know that what the Niners defense is capable of at this point. So that's yeah, why they appear. <laughs> what the Niners in general are capable of is why they appear three times in the show out <laughs> category this week. So yep, yep, I'm taking the Niners to show out. I'm going to take the darling of mine all year long for our listeners, the Cleveland Browns against the Chicago 
Bears. Really? I know they're playing a little better. Just the Bears are playing a little better, but yeah. Cleveland's gotten a little healthier if and gotten even a little bit better on defense over the last week or two. So okay. I like them at home to take care of business. All okay. right. On to Shit Show quarterback. Okay. We're definitely, as you indicated earlier, in difference uh, of opinion on this one. So I took uh, Zach Wilson. <laughs> I think the Dolphins will come into this game with a little something to prove after being upset by the Titans on Monday night. I will... I don't think I'll see another uh, 300-yard game from Zach Wilson this season. So, and I don't think that one will change my mind about <laughs> him going forward either. Okay. Well, not at least not this season. So that's not to say he doesn't have a career moving forward. But so this week, I think he goes back to being the same Zach Wilson we have been seeing for the majority of the time. And I happen to be the shit show. Sorry. 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 My shit show quarterback, Mr. David Mills, who's taking over the reins for Mr. Shide Stroud. In okay. Houston. He has to go to Tennessee against a good-ish defense. And what I think will be a running game anyway, and his weapons are severely limited with so many injuries and stuff. Okay. Um, so don't pick him up on the waiver wire during <laughs> the playoffs. All right, right, running back. All right, running back. I went with Dante Foreman. Oh. So last week he was held to just 50 yards on the ground by the Lions. This week he gets an even tougher defense in the Browns, and I think he'll get even less than that. And not only because the Browns have one of the top defenses, but he also has a running quarterback, again, that poaches a lot of that those yards and those uh, runs for him. So I think he comes up short, and I have him in the shit show category this week. For me, running back Brian Robinson of the Washington Commanders at the L.A. Rams. Not the Rams defense is that special, but it's the commando offense I'm not so sure about. Okay. Although there's some pieces there are having a decent year, but coast to coast, a game that means a lot for the Rams, I think it's not a very good game for him. Wide receiver, what do you like? Wide receiver, I like Calvin Ridley at the Ravens, right? Oh. So they got the win against the Ravens. <laughs> so the, Ra- the Ravens got the win against the Rams last week, but it was a serious battle I give some of that to the Ravens coming off of their bye. Yeah, they're rested, but they still got to get into like NFL speed and rhythm again. They did what right? they had to do. They I did mean, what they, they exactly. But at the end of the did. day, they did walk they, off punt return. You love that stuff. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. But did what they had to do. Got the win. So I actually think the Ravens will have a much easier time with yeah. the Jaguars than they did with the Rams. Yeah. So, um, yeah, a slightly beaten up Trevor Lawrence. I think we'll see very little from Ridley this week against the uh, Ravens. The Rams are, they're going in top into week 15 as number four against the pass. So, yeah, I think they'll do pretty well. I think, and Calvin Ridley will be the shit show this week. Yikes. Right. For me, another big name, Mr. Keenan Allen at Las Vegas. Mm. Partially because really? Mr. Stick okay. is quarterback. Right. Yeah. We're not sure how that's going to go. I think it'll be another low-scoring affair, lots of running. I think Keenan Allen's probably got maybe one or two more years of real productivity in the NFL. Maybe time to—I heard a good article about him just shutting down the whole Charger offense. Yeah. Because why? I mean, they're they're not—they're not going to play. They're not not going to play. Yeah. Yeah. So your franchise quarterback is going to sit on the sidelines. Uh, why put them wearing Tarantino? Keenan Allen? On and yeah, he's, he's going to probably, what is it, one more year or two more years, something like that? I got to agree. I got to, and when was it, when has he finished like an entire season? Yeah. The last yeah. time. And it's been fun to watch. He's that. had a really yeah. good year this year. Yeah. But maybe time to sit down. I don't expect much at Las Vegas. All right, yep. t- tight end. Tight end. So I went with Michael Mayer. At the Chargers, actually. So uh, he's been on a consistent downward trend since week 10. His numbers didn't change with the upset and changing of the coaching staff. They didn't change with the new quarterback coming in. So yeah. I think, yeah, it's, it's going to be uh, much of the same for him. And they'll, he'll continue to struggle 
as even though they'll be against the Chargers team that struggles on both sides of the ball as well, I don't think we'll see much out of uh, Michael Mayer. Right. Yeah. Tight end. No, I'm sorry. I just gave that was tight end. Michael oh. Mayer was tight end. Oh, I'm sorry. So yeah, we're I'm going. Sorry. I'm, we're one you. I'm one behind you. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're so, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, you're tight Pat, end. Pat Fryer moves. Okay. Of the Pittsburgh, he missed a couple touchdown catches last week. I think is it even Steeler football there anymore? I mean, do they play like they're all in? Has Tomlin lost that team? You hear about these guys throwing tantrums and. That's well, I just lost to one of the worst actually, teams in the league. I hadn't actually heard that, yeah. but yeah, that's I don't want to believe that about Mike Tomlin for sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not saying know. that about Mr. Fire, which I'm sure is a nice guy and everything is right. Notre Dame background, but it's just mm-hmm. the team in general. I mean, they're still alive and very much alive right. in the playoff picture, mm-hmm. but is it imploding there? I, I don't know. I honestly don't know enough about that. And I actually hadn't heard of the tantrums and the behind the scenes stuff. And actually, that's kind of a hallmark of the Steelers organization. They are typically a very tight, yeah. patriot-esque type organization with that, with very little leaking out of there when it comes to things like that. But is it imploding? I'm going to say no. They complain that they didn't have 300-yard passing, three touchdowns. They haven't had that since... Uh, Big Ben was there. Really? Yeah, 300 yards, three touchdowns for quarterback game. So they fired Matt Canada. Mm-hmm. Nothing's changed. Well, we'll see. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. That's a tough one. So on, on to the defense, last but not least, what do you got? Defenses, last but not least, I'll give you one guess. So I got the Patriots oh, actually boy. to be a shit show this week. So and they need to get ready. So I don't think, like I mentioned before, I don't think we have ever seen Pat Mahomes this pissed. And I think, <laughs> I mean, I think up to this point, he's kind of been the league's golden boy, right? Yeah. He's always a, the best role model and the best, you know, that everyone loves to watch him play, so on and so forth. But I think simmering underneath that forced apology that he was forced to give on 610 Sports Radio, it, it is still, he is still boiling about that play. And so he, he's going to unleash it, it all. I did see it. Was he offsides? He was dead, sure. He was way upset. He was, yeah, of yeah. course. And then, of course, you get all of the information coming back to you. Like, he's done it like five times this season. It was his fault. Or something crazy looking over, like they, a lot of those guys, the really good ones, they'll look mm-hmm. over to the ref and, and give him a nod. That right. means you're on sides. Okay. He didn't do that. And that's, yeah. So, yeah. So, I think uh, it, the call went against him. <laughs> and he's just not... this. My honest belief is he is in a very unfamiliar place right now. And it's not even like he has a losing record in this downtown. It's still unfamiliar to him. So I'm picking he, that a team that's eight and five and, and they're Super Bowl champions. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's that's not what like I'm we're saying. talking about the Patriots or, or the Jets or somebody like that. Right. That's it. Could, could you imagine mm-hmm. you're that used to being on top that a slight Gibbs, a slight downturn has you this worked up. So I think he's upset and he's going to take it out on this Chiefs defense. They're going to be a shit show. I say it was this week. Oof. Okay. Um, yeah. For me, it's the, the Washington this week. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Washington Commanders. Uh, they got to go out to LA, play the Rams. I think the Rams offense is clicking a little better now. Stafford, Puka, uh, Cup, Karen. Yeah. And they, like I said, they gave away their best pieces. So Washington for me. All right, guys, I think that will do it for this week. Please do come back and hang out with us again next week. I think we're getting pretty good at this thing. I think you're pretty right. All right. Where to find us? Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, YouTube, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. Remember to like, follow, rate, and review us on any of these platforms. Those reviews are super important. Not only do they help us get better, but more of you guys rate and review, up the faster we move in the podcasting charts, and we definitely want that. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Air It Out Network. 
support this podcast in the link in the show's description. And a very special thank you and welcome aboard to Florida Fade with this NBA update and recap segment. Thanks again for listening and all the support. Signing off, this is Joe. This is Chantel. And this is the Aired Out Fantasy Football League podcast. Talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. This podcast is written, produced, and recorded by me, Chantel Brown, and Joe Bishop as a part of the Air It Out Podcast Network. Recording mixed and mastered.